has finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That really goes in that first three points. Manchester City is still alive here. Okay, Blues, welcome to episode 13 of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. We're right back with you straight after the last pod, first on the scene after the game at Hoffenheim. Let's start off with the game, Walter. Manchester City 2, Hoffenheim 1. What was your overall impression? Any uh, regulars to the podcast will know. I said I didn't really care about the performance. I didn't care about whatever happened in the game. There was only one thing I cared about. Going over to Germany, taking the three points, uh, no injuries, coming back. We almost got there but we got the three points definitely Walter did you think that Pep was guilty of unnecessary tinkering with that back line there's certain things we learned from that game and the one has to be I can imagine Duncan Castle's frothing at the mouth and just enjoying uh, Laporte playing left back because we found out Laporte beautiful as he is and a Rolls Royce of a centre back he's not made to be dropped into a position where we're put, you know in a tight game and playing uh, left back for us so Duncan Castles will be happy about that and he'll come out with some nonsense but overall the three points are what matters was it unnecessary tinkering I don't know yet because uh, I don't know what the injury situations were I certainly wouldn't like to see him play against Liverpool at left back but we don't know what team is going to roll out because we're, we're playing three games a week now so you've got to manage the squad and with Mendy doing whatever Mendy's doing at the moment Pep's had to make a decision and he's got away with it in some respects because we've got the three points we're looking good now in the uh, Champions League group and Laporte is not a left back and we absolutely know that yeah it's very good for us Walter that uh, once again the two other teams drew tonight we're positioned quite nicely uh, just under Leon, three points they've got four points so it's not all doom and gloom is it so no it's certainly not I mean I remember the time that Manchester City uh, got 10 points and we didn't qualify and for the life of me I can't remember who's at the bottom is it Valencia and they got zero points. And it was the other teams amassed a load of points. And that's not happening in this case. You know, we've got four points from two games. With that sort of trajectory going forward, we've got enough to absolutely qualify. Walter, if that was not a penalty, I am a monkey's <laughs> uncle's uncle. That was the stoniest of stone-cold penalties. How on earth was that not given? Well, there's uh, plenty of theories about that. I know Vincent Company touched upon it, certainly. He had a funny game all night. Nothing, nothing seemed to be going City's way. And it was weird because you've seen the Hoffenheim keeper and he looked up and you, you know when you, that instant moment and he had a face of like, oh God, what have I done? And the ref's walking over and nothing happens. And once you've got Robbie Savage banging the City drum, I mean, for all the nonsense that Robbie Savage speaks, once you've got him sort of banging the City drum, that I can't, and he was still going on about it 10-15 minutes later so I still can't wrap my head around the fact that this wasn't given it's just one of those things where UEFA I don't want to go into all conspiracy theories but I mean we were mugged when we played Liverpool and 
one of my mates said to me just when they when we won, he said, "I'm hard to get excited about that because UEFA are not going to let us win this competition." So I, I'm not quite as pessimistic as that. I I just thought Stonewall penalty not given. There's a pattern developing, isn't there? Yeah, I'm looking at the table right now. So Leon are top with four points with a goal difference of one. Man City are right behind them, three points. Zero goal difference. Then Shakhtar, two points, and Hoffenheim, one. Walter, at the end of the game, I was scared for Pep because he went storming over there towards the officials, and I thought he was going to chin one of them, but he ended up just shaking their hands, and I think Mikel Arteta's fears were allayed by that. I thought for a minute that Arteta was going to try to stop him. What did you think? <laughs> well, there's different ways of sort of uh, taking the mickey, isn't there? Pep's sort of eccentric as he is, even he knew one little word out of place and UEFA would be coming down on him. And he just looked at him and shook the hands almost sarcastically. You know, it's, um, we were just done over. I mean, do you remember the throwing? Leroy Sarney's through and it's like, no, you can't take the throwing. Why not? You know, it's uh, absolutely ridiculous. Just some of the decisions that went on, you know, and you sort of sat there scratching your head thinking, you like to think that there's not big brown envelopes and then you look at the evidence and sometimes you think there might be big brown envelopes. So, you know, it's for each City fans to sort of judge that themselves. I've looked at some of the Twitter and fans of neutral clubs were like, what the hell is going on? Why is this happening? <laughs> he's missed the ball, he's caught him, penalty end of there's no discussion to be had about that yeah i mean we're all very grateful to Mikel arteta tonight walter because what i described was what happened at the end of the game straight after the decision or the non-decision over the penalty it was quite funny because aguardiola was apoplectic he was out of his seat he was heading towards the referee and arteta grabbed him and pulled him back in into the seat and uh he really earned his money tonight but uh it was funny walter talk us through that first goal 43 seconds it took us to concede it looked like we were trying to play them offside it was a lovely through ball for me i found it was hard to put the blame on anyone particularly just a little bit dozy i guess well, it's the fastest goal that City have ever conceded in the Champions League, I believe. I was having me cans of Iron Brew. Uh, I wasn't drinking tonight, so I thought to myself, just cracking open the first tin. I look up and I think, hang on a minute. This is like almost 1-0 down before I've had my first swig of Iron Brew. <laughs> but it's one of them where I just sort of look at it and think, well, I'd rather it in the first minute than the last minute a decisive goal. Oh, yeah. Because City have got all the attributes in the world to turn around a one-goal lead. It's just one of them where you think, Leon have beaten us, we're 1-0 down, there's a performance that needs to happen. You know, we made it look hard work at times, but oh, end of the day, you know, they've got a decisive goal at the beginning, we've got a decisive goal at the end, we've got the three points. There's not a Hoffenheim fan out there that wouldn't swap positions with us right now over that result. Walter, Pep was remarkably sanguine and philosophical after the game. I'm just reading his comments and he says, maybe for the future it's going to be really good for us to live this, he said. You cannot go to the quarters or the semis without living it. We are a step below the history of Liverpool, the Spanish teams and Bayern Munich and a quarterfinal for us is a huge success. So what he's basically saying is that we need to be in these positions and digging ourselves out of it regularly because this is life in the Champions League. Well, it's not just life in the Champions League. I was, I mean, when we got the goal at the end, it almost reminded me of the Southampton goal that we got, you know, and the Bournemouth goal that we got. And winning breeds confidence, you know, and it's, uh, you could see by getting over the line that late, you can see how much it means to the players. 
And you hope that, that sort of scares them enough to think, right, well, you know, we need to be putting in these performances. And as Sergio Aguero tweeted just after the game, you know, you fight to the end and it just doesn't seem to be a mantra that's sort of spouted out by a PR bloke. We are, we do seem to be fighting to the end and we have done now for, well, since the beginning of the last season, you know, there's a draw is almost like a, a defeat in some city fans' eyes and, you know, certainly the city players and they keep going and they keep pushing and I know we're going to get on to him. But just what a beautiful man we're going to talk about. Well, that was going to be my next point. After the shock of that goal, seven minutes later, we were level. Aguero scrambled it beyond the goalkeeper. But that equaliser, you know, owed quite a lot to Silva and Sané. Silva, his precision, set Sané away behind his marker. Beautiful little cutback. He made it difficult for Aguero, actually, I thought. Aguero is just dead-eyed dick at the moment. Everything he touches is turning to gold, and that was a wonderful goal. What did you think? It was the silver ball through to Sane that sort of made it. You know, he, he spotted that run. I mean, he just seems, to, uh, I've said it before, he has that matrix sort of slow motion feel to him. You know, everything that's happening around David Silver happens slower than it's what's happening in David Silver's world. He's seen Sane set off and he's put the ball through. And you're right, I thought it, it wasn't the greatest ball to Aguero. If there's one player you want that to fall to, who plays for Manchester City, it's Aguero every day of the week. And he's just banged it into the back of the net. And you could almost feel that sense of relief. That's not just amongst the players, that's amongst the fans. At that point, I thought to myself, we're going to go on and win this. But I thought we'd score more goals, to be honest. Hoffenheim, this manager seemed to change things around in the second half, and it was a lot tighter game than it was in the first. They sort of likened it on BT Sports to a basketball game, you know, just for end to end and just a thoroughly exciting game. What did you think of Leroy Sané's performance tonight, Walter? There were flashes of that characteristic brilliance, and then there were, you know, the odd moments when he looked out of focus. But overall, I, you know, I was excited by Leroy every time he got the ball. Well, I can't think of another team in the world that wouldn't have Leroy Sané in the squad. He's one of the top talents or young talents in Europe. To have a player that can take on three, four, five players and create opportunities for himself is just so rare and so unique. And he's at our club. He's got a fantastic opportunity and he needs to seize it with both hands. He's got all the attributes to be, as Harry Redknapp would say, you know, he's a top, 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 top player. And in order to fulfil that potential, what he needs to do is just keep listening to Pep because Pep wants to turn him into the best player he can be. And Leroy just needs to listen and work on everything that Pep's telling him, absorb what Pep's telling him. As I said on the last podcast, you know, any player that plays at our club is getting the best education in world football and they need to realise that they are lucky to be where they are. I thought Sane showed flashes of brilliance and unlock that defence a few times. I mean, you know, he's got an assist to his name, so great game. Walter, let's talk about David Silva. After the game, Guardiola said he is one of the best players I have trained in my life. I'm a lucky guy to have many of them who were top players at Barca and Bayern Munich, and he is in that list. In terms of mentality, I love players who, in the bad moments, step forward and say, I'm here, guys, and he is one of them. I'm so happy for him. He deserves all my respect. Walter, let's talk about that goal. 87th minute, defensive error by Stefan Posh, and he pounced on it, didn't he? He was in like a whippet. That really bailed us out, didn't it? The more you look at that goal, the better he gets. The anticipation for what the defender's going to do, I don't know how much the defender can do with the way the ball's coming at him, 
But Silver's just thought, well, I'm all over that, that anticipation. But then when he's sort of taken it to the side, he's still got to crack it in with his left foot at an ever-decreasing angle. It's a great, great finish with his left foot. But it wasn't just that. Silver was just magnificent tonight. He had that gliding round the pitch look about him. You know, that 360 vision the whole time. Making himself free, playing in between the lines, finding the spaces. It was a perfect performance from Silver for me. It was the old guard that got us out, really, you know, with uh, Sergio and Silver. And if Silver can get rested and he can still play at that level, I thought Bernardo was great when he came on. Oh, he, he opened yeah, up options wonderful. as well. But as good as Bernardo is, and as good as Bernardo will ever be, Silver is arguably the best player that's ever played for Manchester City. And what it is, it's not a flash in the pan here. We're coming up to nearly 10 years of his brilliance that's what we're going to see at our club what did you think of Hoffenheim tonight Walter impressive young manager you know he's on the up he's on the rise apparently he'd been studying videos of City and meticulousness preparation how did you feel about their performance I think I've got I've got shirts that are older than him I think he's he's 28 when he got the job I thought they were incredibly well drilled I thought they were incredibly well uh, organised I thought they were good on the counter a lot of the time I thought that the defence was um solidly packed as well each man knew his role and for a, a team of Hoffenheim size you can see why the bigger clubs are looking at this manager and I know he's taken his time out to go to another German club but he looks like he's got a future in the game and I know Real Madrid rang him up as well we'll see him eventually in the Premier League because that's where the best managers go because we've got the most money he looks like a man who's got the world at his feet and if he, he's one that apparently was texting Pep for a lot of advice as well. And if you're going to ask anyone in world football for advice, go ask Pep. What did you think of Raheem Sterling tonight, Walter? I was hugely impressed by, again, with that blistering pace, he really engineered a chance for himself, raced through on goal, unfortunately couldn't pull the trigger. But overall, how was Sterling in your eyes tonight? Sterling's an incredibly intelligent player. He's he's starting to take on people a lot more of noticed as well. So you've got an incredibly intelligent player who can cut left, cut right. He must be a nightmare to play against. I think you quoted saying he's becoming more and more important to this team and how we play, especially since De Bruyne has been out because... There's the guy who pulls the strings in the middle. When he's not there, there's certain players that have got to have got to step up to the plate. You know, last game he got a goal and an assist, and this game he just caused untold problems with that defence, and it was a well-organised defence as well. So I'm glad that he came off when he did, and Mara's got his chance because I want to see him fresh. And I want to see him up for Liverpool. Walter, I've really got to learn to stay off Twitter after I watch a Man City game because they were giving pelters, some of these brainless goons, pelters to Gundogan and Fernandinho. How do you feel about those two? Was it as bad as these people are making out? Well, no, of course it's not. I mean, you don't suddenly go from being a good player to a bad player. There's two words that we need to sort out for our, the rest of our season to go further in the Champions League. And the two words are January window, because we need to sign somebody who's going to push Fernandinho. We need to sign somebody ultimately who's going to replace Fernandinho as well. I'm not saying he's the weak link in the team because he's been unbelievable, but it's the one position that causes me the most concern. I don't tend to follow negative people, I don't think, on Twitter. If I'm, if I'm watching the game, I don't overly follow Twitter while I'm doing it. I'm watching the game. But if you sat next to that bloke in a pub and he's just moaning... You go and find someone else to sit next to because you're not out on a Saturday night having a few beers to have everything dragged down. 
you know, and people do look at things different ways. I was I was chuffed tonight. We got the three points, and other people will be looking hypercritically at various performances. You know, glass half empty, glass half full. Walter, I'm looking at the City Watch website, player ratings, the comments about Kyle Walker. They say that he's a confusing player to describe. With lung-busting runs and a good amount of physicality, he has all the abilities of a world-class fullback, but they reckon he was lucky to be on the pitch after catching his opponent stubs up at one point. Did you agree with that? It was a yellow card. Do you know what I mean? He's gone in for the ball, he's missed it, he's caught him. It's a yellow card all day long. I can't remember the last player that got sent off against us for a challenge like that. And I've seen a lot worse go in as well, definite reds. You know, he's, he's clumsy. I don't think it was malicious. I don't think, I just think it was clumsy and it probably hurt to get it. But, you know, Kyle Walker, I remember I seen a guy give him a race tonight. I don't know how quick uh, their left winger or their, their left-sided player was. But there was a moment there that I thought he was going to outpace Kyle. I nearly dropped me can of iron brew at the time. <laughs> but um, Kyle eventually made it up. I know it's certainly it's saying on the Twitter tonight for all the naysayers, mentioning no names whatsoever, but the uh, Hoffenheim keeper has said it was a definite penalty. <laughs> OK, Walter, for two-thirds of the game, we played without a real passer in the centre-back pairing. John Stones replaced Otamendi with about a third of the game to go. And uh, he made a difference. They kind of moved him into that central defensive midfield position again. And he shored up our defensive game really well, cut out a lot of vital balls that were aimed through and played some pretty good passes further up the pitch. He brought quite a bit of assurance to City at that point. Did you agree? Yeah, I mean, John Stones, uh, the thing I love about the the four centre-backs that we've got is you can rotate them depending on the opposition that you're going to play. Coming up against the sort of more physical side, then Otamendi's the man for the job. But if you're coming up against a side where you need to be getting the ball up the pitch quicker and you need to be more decisive moving the ball up the pitch as well, John Stones is perfectly able to do that. I wouldn't like to see him uh, play the Fernandinho role on a per- permanent basis but what I would say is he came on tonight and ultimately we look better with him on the pitch and silver on the pitch to be honest and that's the beauty of Manchester City is plan A is not working you look to that bench and there's an array of talent on there which you can just call upon that's what they did tonight you know Pep changed things around and ultimately he's won us the game now would Pellegrini or someone else of that ilk have done that I'm not quite so sure so Pep certainly crossed tonight as well. Walter, one player who really did make a difference when he came on, we've touched on him before, is Bernardo Silva. A lot of City fans are confused why Pep seems to prefer Gundogan-David Silva partnership in front of Fernandinho rather than what a lot of us would prefer, the double Silva duo in front of Fernandinho. Got any reason why, given his impact, that Pep, no, as good as Gundogan is, that, that Pep keeps going for Gundogan ahead of Bernardo Silva? Well, again, as you go back to the, the three games a week. So you've got three games a week. You've got to rotate. You've got to keep members of that squad, you know, you've got to keep them motivated. And if they think they've got a chance at a game, they're going to be putting in more effort in training. If they don't think they've got any chance at a game, well, you know, where's your motivation in that? The best games I've ever seen Gundogan play for City have all been in Europe. So I can completely understand why he's played in there. Silver, 
hopefully starts against Liverpool. But that's that for me says everything, you know. And City fans were were, were renowned for having a scapegoat, whether it was Richard Edgill or whatever, you know. We're always renowned for having a scapegoat, and it unfortunately just seems to be Gundogan a little bit at the moment. But He's done nothing wrong. He's turned in a performance tonight and the Hoffenheim goal wasn't his fault. People are still, you know, giving him pelters, as you would say, but, you know, he did a professional job, but, you know, his hamstring seems to have been tweaked a little bit. So you get Bernardo on and Bernardo, he's just a different, different gravy, as they say. I can completely see why he's rotating the squad the way he is. There's not massive changes, but you've got to give players that. You've got to give them a light at the end of the tunnel. You've got to give them something to strive a name for. Walter, another player I was very impressed with was Mares. He only had 15 minutes, but he really put the seed of doubt in those uh, Hoffenheim defenders when he came on. He's got such wonderful dribbling ability. He shaved the outside of the post. He's mustard, isn't he? Well, what, my favourite bit that I saw of him, he took a defender on, and there was two defenders there. And with the two defenders there, what they tried to do was um, block off his left-hand side for the shot. And he sort of saw this coming and thought, I'm not bothered, and just whipped it right and just stuck a decent cross in. You can imagine as a defender, you've watched all the videotapes and you've seen, well, he's going to go left, he's going to go left. This is a lad who can go either way. That puts a seed of doubt in your mind as a central defender or as a left-back or a right-back or whatever, that this is a player who doesn't just go one way and you know which way he's going to go. So you can sort of anticipate he's going to be a belting player for us. There was a... When Leicester played in the Champions League, he got four goals. If he can bring that kind of form to Manchester City, all's good. The only player that sort of raised some doubts in my mind, Walter, was Otamendi. He looked a bit nervy tonight. He was rock solid in previous games, but I don't know. What did you think of him tonight? Otamendi, for me, putting a, you know, putting a fairly professional performance. And if you think of the amount of chances that they had, you know, it's not a, a great deal. He didn't hit his heights, but you can't really hang him out to dry. And again, we've got that ability to swap and rotate players so if he's not having the greatest game in the world take him off get John Stones on but you've also got to remember Otamendi who's playing on the left hand side I believe of back two so he's got Laporte with him as well so it's not only his own game that he's thinking about he's got a lot more going on upstairs in his head because he's thinking oh, well, I know I'd be thinking well hang on a minute I've not got a, a natural left back I, I don't want to hang my mate out to dry either I'm going to try and offer him support so whether that got to him tonight I'm not overly sure Walter let's talk about Aderson finally was there anything he could have done about that first goal do you think I mean he was nutmegged in fact I think it went through his legs what did you think I find it hard to criticise Edison my favourite Edison bit tonight was the uh, 70-yard ball to uh, Aguero. Yeah. He just pinged it. You know, you can see the whole Hoffenheim team pressing up. And he pings it, and it gets to him. You know, this is a this is a guy who's looking at 70 yards to a small player. So he can't hit it up in the air because Aguero doesn't win headers against tall centre-halves. So he's just found him, and there's not a keeper in the world that I'd swap him for. Well, Walter, I think we've pretty much discussed every player. I think we're very grateful for the three points. You can't turn your nose up at three points in these group games. Despite the negativity on Twitter, I'm happy with it. But it does give us a little bit of insight and a little bit of imagination about how you think we might line up against Liverpool. If it was up to you, take us through your starting lineup against Liverpool. Oh, right. I'd go for Edison, goal. I'd go Kyle Walker right back. Stones, Laporte, centre-halves. Is Del fit? 
No, he won't make it. Zinchenko at left back, Fernandinho. How much choice do we have? I mean, the only other player I'd play at the back there is Gundogan, and his hammy's gone. So it just sit well. I'll say it's gone, but it didn't look good the way he came off. It's going to have to be Fernandinho. I know Liverpool like to. They see him as a weak link. I, I believe, anyway, and they try and crowd him out of it and cut down his passing options as soon as he gets the ball. I've got to go for the two silvers. Sane, a psychologically fit, ready for it, raring to go Sterling, and then I would be looking at Aguero up top. Do you think that injury to Gundogan's hamstring is actually maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise because it's forcing Pep to use the two silvers, maybe? I don't think that really would come into it, to be honest. I just think with uh, Gundogan, he may or may not have played, but if he's playing him in Europe, then he might, that might be his opportunity to, to shine. And then he comes in with the two silvers. And, uh, you know, you were saying about what, the fullback at Liverpool not really tracking back. Yeah, Trent and Arnold, if, Alexander Trent Arnold. So if you, if you can expose him with the talented, uh, just the talent on showing that middle of that part there, I'm still sticking to me 2-0. I was telling the Liverpool fan at work today, and he was sort of scoffing. But as I said to him, even if Liverpool win, they won't win the league. <laughs> I think that's probably a good note to finish on, Walter. We're going to wrap it up here and say to our listeners, thank you very much for listening. We hope you caught the earlier pod where we discussed Brighton and Oxford. In our next pod, we will have a special guest with us for the review of Liverpool. Opinion coming to us from the United States of America and we'll hold back on the surprise until we give the pod to you. But until then, have one on us and up the blues. Oh, nice to get the ball out of the box as well.